The following is an unedited, full-length recording of the September 19, 2017 Board of Selectmen meeting. Video of Board of Selectmen meetings air on the Government Channel in Foxborough and are also available on the Foxborough Cable Access website at fcatv.org. Meeting coverage is made available through the efforts of Foxborough Cable Access on behalf of the Foxborough Board of Selectmen. This meeting runs one hour and 20 minutes. Uh, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the September 19th uh, Selectmen's meeting. I'll read the agenda. 7 o'clock, we'll have citizens' input. 7.05, uh, Paige Duncan, Economic Development Committee, authorized use of funds for market analysis. Um, 7.15, we originally had scheduled uh, Board of Assessors, Randy Scollins, and Hanalor Simons uh, to do a presentation on the tax rate setting process, but Randy is under the weather, so we're going to postpone that. Um, 7.45, or reasonably after 7.05, uh, Beth Whirling, the craft group, approval <coughs> for overnight construction work at Patriot Place. Uh, 7.55, special town meeting update. 8.05, selectmen's update. 8.15, town manager's update. 8.25, assistant town manager's update. Uh, and then we have a bunch of action items. Uh, Mary Beth, will you lead us in the pledge? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, uh, 7 o'clock. Anybody here for citizens' input? All right. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> she doesn't mess it up. <laughs> Hi. I am usually, is this on? Hello? Yeah. No, it's okay. um, I'm usually long-winded, but I'm going to keep it really short. Um, I just wanted to come by and say thank you, Bill Keegan and all of you, um, for your support of our nonprofit that we just started, Compa Kids. Um, we, you had donated to us banners. Mm-hmm that were put up around the Patriots' place, uh, Pat uh, the Common, when the Patriots were going for their fifth Super Bowl win. And we auctioned them off at an event we had Saturday night called Foxtoberfest. It was um, uh, up at Patriots' place, the Renaissance Hotel. And we auctioned them off, and we raised $650 from just six of the banners. That's what we used. And we earmarked that money to go back into the town through rec programs. So ki the, what Con for Kids, our organization, is about is that we're paying for children to take enrichment, sports, arts classes, if they don't have the funds to do so. So we're doing it in about four towns, but that particular money is earmarked for Foxborough recreation programs. So we help local families take programs and activities and it goes right back into the town of Foxborough. So it was a very much win-win situation. Um, you supported us. We, the people loved the banners. They, was, they were a very big hit. Um, they auctioned off, and we'll take that money and put it back into town. So I was just here to say thank you a little bit about that. Um, I also just wanted to say thank you about the support that we've been getting from the whole town in general. We had um, 300 people come to our event, Foxtoberfest, on Saturday. It was a huge hit. And um, right from the beginning, um, Jenny's not here, but Jenny Coppola gave us a very generous donation. Jim DeVellis is in the Robin Ride for Kids. It's our, uh, our Con for Kids uh, team, and she's, he's riding 25? 25 miles. You didn't do 50? 
I'll do 25. 20. My huffy won't do it. Small steps. Yeah, 25 miles for our organization and raising money. So that's basically it. And I just wanted to say thank you and um, give you something a little bit from our event. It was, um, can I approach you all? Sure. Are you sure? Approach the bed. There you go. So, um, over $50. They were, had 100 different uh, beers, pumpkin oh, beer, cool. grapefruit cool. beer, and we had a big beer tasting, a great yeah. German band that played, and everybody had the time of their life. We raised about $16,500 for um, Excellent. That's Excellent. great. Yeah. That's a great congratulations. Um, congratulations on it. Thank great. you. So I guess that's it. All right. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank great you. job. Yeah, I say that Con for Kids is probably one of the quickest growing grassroots groups I've seen in a long time. Really? It's got a great board. And I, I've actually seen a couple of the kids that have gone through and mm -hmm. some of the benefits. What Rachel hasn't said is the the way that they're giving back to the the kids in the community is, is pretty simple. It's, it's families that may not be able to afford soccer or karate. So it's very simple things. And, and to see the kids thriving from such a simple thing, it's, um, it's this group is amazing. So she does a nice job. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 7.05 on the dot. Page. Lorraine. Turn it over to the chair here. <laughs> I'm just the rep. <laughs> the worker. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having us. Lorraine Brewer, 126 Mechanic Street from Economic Development Committee. Um, just want to start off on behalf of the committee. I want to acknowledge all of the work that Paige does for our group. She really keeps us focused, keeps us juggling all the different topics, and keeps everything moving forward for us. So, you know, I want to always take the opportunity to thank you for all of your effort. So... Uh, we're here tonight to ask for funding for a uh, market analysis for the fire station. We'll let Paige just describe briefly the process. Sure. Well, we've been, um, as you know, the town's been working towards the development or the the sale of this property for a while now. Um, in the, the town's now getting ready to do the sewer project. I believe it's starting sometime around the 1st of October should be wrapping up within a month or so. Um, we actually have quite a bit of interest now on this uh, fire station funeral home. I have been Since I've been getting so many phone calls, I've started to keep a list. I have a list of eight people interested. Now, that obviously won't has no bearing. It's just more for our, um, just our edification of how much market has changed out there. And there are a lot of people interested, whether it's the sewer, whether it's the economy. Um, we had a survey done. We picked up some square footage. We had a yield plan done, which basically shows, based on the land, um, how much we could fit, you know, what size building we could fit on the property, using very general things, the zoning and setback requirements. The number we've come up with is, it uh, looks like about 20 units of residential could fit on there by right, and about 27 if the planning board were to waive si um, setbacks. 
I don't think we're at that point yet of choosing. You know, it's almost like a dart, throwing a dart at a dartboard. You know, some people might th think three units is sufficient. Some people might want to go 27. Mm -hmm. So this next step is a market analysis, which will do a couple things. It'll help um, determine the market for these units and figure out sort of where the market is and make sure there is a market for it, since the town's probably going to stipulate the uses to be required through the municipal conversion permit. Um, we might as well make sure we have we know what we have, and it will help us sort of evaluate. You know, is there a strong market out there? Do we want more mar more units out there? Do we want fewer? We know of other developments in downtown that might be coming along as well with housing units, so we want to keep that in mind as well. And this will also assist the town in figuring out um, a value. You know, it's now that we've got some investment with the sewer, um, with the property line survey, and now this, um, we are going to have the information we need to make sure we get a fair market value. Um, so we've um, what we did is we. Um, solicited quotes from three different real estate firms um, and we opened them not taking into consideration the budget at that point we chose a consultant based on the content of the proposal um, it was a unanimous rate ranking by the EDC last week um, JLL was um, selected and um, then when we looked at the prices they were within range um, uh, they, they, someone had sent a range of ten to twelve thousand. They were at eleven thousand, and so I asked them if they would honor the ten thousand, and they said they would. So they're willing to do ten thousand dollars for this, and I believe it's about six weeks' work time. I know there's some concerns about um, releasing this information to the public, just because of at, at the outset, because of it could affect uh, the value of the property. So that's something I'll defer to the town manager and, and legal counsel. I know that we've. We've consulted with them on that. We're going to make sure we do. Whoever see, needs to see it will see it, but it might not be publicly available right away because we don't want it to be to the detriment of the town in coming up with a pricing strategy. I uh, think we confirmed that it qualifies for the, the real estate exception to go into correct. executive session, so we can review it right. with the committee in executive session. So that's yes. our plan. Uh, so that's it. I know, I know Dave's also on the EDC. He has a good handle on uh, the real estate aspect, so I don't know if, Dave, you have anything to add. But Yeah, no, I, I think... <coughs> In, in trying to identify the the value, you know, what is what is the value? Is it the appraised value based on the tax rolls, or is it the value based on on the market? And to maximize the return for the community, you got to look at it two ways. What is it? What is its value as is in the marketplace? But more importantly. What is its value fully developed on a stabilized basis? So that's that's the delta between as is and stabilized, and that's your negotiating point. And that's where you're going to maximize the return for the town. So I think I think this is um, very important an important step, and like like Paige said, um, it's going to provide the board with information and data points when we have to go for the municipal conversion permit, and we have to approve that. So that will give us, you know, the right tools to make a, an informed decision. So I, I fully support this. And we do have in the uh, Economic Development <coughs> Committee Fund uh, about almost uh, eighteen, well, $17,690. So this would come out of the um, EDC's budget, mm -hmm. which rolls over year to year. We spent a bit on survey last year. So. Mm -hmm. okay. Okay. Just two questions, um, and thank you for doing that. It's, I, I read through the report, and coincidentally, um, the, the 
vice president of that company used to be my college roommate, so it was oh. nice to oh, wow. <laughs> I know him very well, too well. Um, and, and I know his work. He's actually done work in town before in, in, in different uh, circles that, that I've seen, so no, no problem on the qualifications or the, or the uh, scope that's in there. So the town goes through this extra exercise, spends $10,000 to come up with a value of just throw something, 500000 Ultimately, isn't the value dictated by the the public RFP process where it goes out, and the value is what people are willing to buy the site at that particular time? I think it depends how it's structured, how the sale is structured, and you know, I mean, you're also like Dave said about the capitalized. Like, like if you start to figure out that it's worth X number per unit, you can start to look ahead and say, if this is developed, what will the value be upon development? So that's something we don't know. It might not be five hundred thousand anymore. I mean. We don't know, so that's sort of where this number will help um, identify sort of what the build-out of that is and then obviously back in from costs and such, but it gives you an idea. But isn't it, isn't it a little backwards, though? Wouldn't you focus on what you can get, how many units you can get out of it, and then put it out there and see what the value is? Because well, the number that you're putting out there is meaningless to a developer unless they can get the return on it, and they'll tell you what the value is, and that's what they're that's what their proposal is going to be, correct? Right. Well, that's another thing is we're sort of evaluating the market, you know, for these, you know, do we want to put out 27 units, 20, 15, you know, is it a tentative market where, you know, you know that, and we, we go to the market where we're, the investment might not be that strong because it's like, well, it's a dicey market or is it like Foxborough clearly needs these units and then we know we're dealing with a high demand. I think that affects value as well. So this is just... You know, it sound ten thousand is a lot in municipal finance, but like when I think in real estate, when I think the ten thousand dollars we'd recoup in value, it would be oh, yeah. more I'm, than. I'm not arguing. I mean, the ten thousand in context right, of, right. of the investment, but if the end result is they're going to give you a value of the property versus the development potential of the property, so they're going into it with you can get twenty units or twenty seven units. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't it be the other way around? If you have a study that says, all right, here's a piece of property, three stories, this is how many units you can get out of it, that, that's kind of what you're looking for. They're, they're giving you a value on the number that, that you're giving them. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not arguing. I'm just not sure right. seeing the benefit of I think this is more information. It's going to help guide the town's strategy because yeah, so there's a lot of decisions to be made on this. Every, every developer worth his salt is going to do their own market study. They're going to do the same exact thing. They're going to come up with a what, what a stabilized appraised value is. You know, let's say it's $2 million, okay, stabilized value. They're not going to come in and say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to offer the town $2 million for it. I'm going to offer you what, what probably what what's appraised for on, on the tax rolls, which is what, $500,000? Yeah. $500, so they're looking at that at that as, as their as their margin but if it's a competitive bid and they they they're undercutting and they're going what's on the paper at town hall they're not going to win it because somebody else is going to look at it and they're going to give a number that they're going to if he's just going to put a number of 500 and it's a private bid that's one thing but if it's public he's going to put 500 because that's what town hall says it's worth and then an astute developer is going to give you a real number well, you know, the, just because he, he bids a number doesn't mean we have to accept it. You can actually enter into a negotiation on, on the price. So I guess mm. wouldn't you be detecting against yourself, against somebody on the uh, low ball? Oh, abso absolutely. Without knowing that information. Without, without having a study to back up what we, what we perceive or what we're being told by, by a consultant what the true value is, you don't know. 
So it's really negotiating uh, information for the town to have in the event that we get a, we get a bid. So, yeah. So this is just one piece of it. The other piece is how do we want to how do we want to put it out there? Do we want to do it in our do an RFP? Do we want to participate? You know, for for a, a fixed time period. Um, there's there's different ways that we can structure it where we can maximize the return. I mean, granted, we don't want to be a landlord. We mm -hmm. we we proved that we can't do that uh, in in different areas. But if you if you structure a deal uh, and go on partnership and contribute the the land as equity into a deal with a with a fixed buyout at a certain period of time based on the stabilized value, I mean that's that's a win win for the town. In itself, so there's different ways to structure it. This this component is to identify what the supply is, what the demand is, what's going to work. Because the last thing we want to do is sell it, have something go in there, and have it be an empty shell in, in a year from now. Whatever we we whenever we dispose of the property, we want it to be successful and we want it to thrive downtown. We don't want it to end up as, like I said, an empty shell. No, I, I get it. And, again, I'm not arguing, but for the government to go through an exercise and tell a developer what the supply and demand is. Well, we're not, we're not telling the, them. It's the exact opposite of what. But it, we're not telling them. This, this supply and demand is for our edification. This isn't going to be public. We're not going to make it public to, to But developers. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we think the supply and demand is. It's what the market is going to tell you is the supply and demand. Because if we say the supply and demand is this, you might not get anything back. You know, it, I just hate to, you know, it's just yeah. more of a process. We've been down this so many times. If we get to the end of this, and, and again, the 10000 it sounds like a lot, but in context to what's there, it's still a lot. But are we focusing in the wrong direction rather than let's figure out what the, you know, I, we, I mean, this is a charrette. We can have different ideas, but I just, telling, a, telling the market what it's worth I think it's. I think it's just backwards. I think it's going to be. We're not, we're, going not, to. we're not telling the market we're what it's worth. The market is a reserve. Us. It lets us yeah, know we'll, what we're doing. We'll tell the market that information. That's that's for our information only. For so we and we're not required to release that information until after the bids are in. You follow me? So it's so I guess the, the the point is on this, Jim, is that you're trying to determine what your value, what the what the perceived value is in the market, based upon all the factors that are being given to it. And, and what what it is based on a, a value based on an undeveloped state versus a developed state, and so what you're trying to determine is a negotiating position, and it could come back and say, look, maybe it's not the best time to, to market this property. Maybe the market is, is such that you may want to wait till the spring or something like that to, to do this kind of marketing. Um, if that's the case, then maybe then, then we can we can maybe get a better value for the property at that time. At that time, I don't know that if that's the answer or not, but I'm just su suggesting that. The other thing is that um, we wanted, we've gone through this process a lot during the past few years, and, and you know we've made some mistakes along the way, admittedly. But I think what we've done is we've learned every time along the way what's the best use of the property and how we can best develop it. Out of, the, out of a lot of the conversations that we've had up to this point, we've actually learned that using it in certain one way is probably not the best way. Now we, we, we've learned that, that having the infrastructure there has really, really gained value and or interest in that property without question. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had virtually no interest in the property. Now we've got seven or eight people knocking mm -hmm. on our door. So have, you, have you gone through the similar process like this? 
I just haven't seen it done this way. And I know I'm familiar with, I mean, you were in Franklin for a while. Yeah. What they did in downtown Franklin was almost what I was talking about. They put out, here's the land, here's an RFP. Come, come tell us what you want to do it, and we'll review it, rather than spending the time on trying to figure the value, because it's completely on, on different ends of the spectrum. Well, I think in Foxborough, too, is very... Um Protective, so I think this is also part of the strategy. I, that's that's fine, and having the developer dictate what they want to put there is one thing. And I know in Franklin, you know, we got we got. It's it's okay, um, but I think in this instance, it gives the control to the community, and that's what this municipal conversion permit. That's what they don't have in Franklin. It's very unique, but it allows the town to establish and give justification for their vision. And so I think that'll be what this is part of a toolbox to figure out what we're going to do with that and how we're going to tell the development community. I know you're concerned about that, but that's why we're checking ourselves and making sure that we know we're not being unrealistic and that we, you know, we know that if we put it out for 10 units, that might be the density that works best for the community. We don't know, but we want to have an idea of what's sort of justifiable and make sure we do it right this time. Well, it doesn't happen a lot, the answer to your question. It doesn't happen a lot because... Typically, towns aren't in the development business. I mean, so we're we're taking a piece of property here, and we're actually looking for it to be developed by the, basically by the private sector. We would develop our own property without question, but this is something that we're asking the private market to come in and say, you know, this is value that we think is is worth for that property. Let's develop it. And as as, as Dave points it out, points out that maybe it's better for us to hold on to it, get let it develop, and then three years from now, then sell it because then you may gain better value for the property in a developed state. I guess you don't, we don't know that answer. We won't know that answer until we actually do that kind of analysis. I mean, that's, and that's, again, that's, that's from our, for our benefit to know so that we can make the best decision going forward from the value perspective. And honestly, the EDC has been working on this for a long time, and it has been a decision of the group. I mean, mm-hmm. we've been working toward this for a long time. So no disrespect. No, I know. I'm we've just been saying doing like, it and it's been a long process. Every step of the way, we've made mistakes, yeah. and we keep saying we've been working on it for a long time. I just, I just disagree with the effort to get to a number when I think it's an effort to get to a design that the community would like to see there. Mm-hmm. Versus, uh, and the, the kind of second part of this is you look at 27 units. Okay. What's happened in the, the, the common is every, all the businesses are taking credit for off-site parking with you and so many feet of it. Mm-hmm. The library did it. You know, whatever's going to Aubuchon could do it. So if you look at even, say, 20 units, if they're one and two bedrooms, there's no train station that people are going to have to drive. There's no other option there. So if every unit has one and a half parking spaces, you need 30 spaces. Does a concept have parking below it, or are they using off-site parking? No, they, all residential has to be on-site. So every, everything that is so it's all inclusive. So the only issue is traffic. There's no off-street parking. Yes. Okay. Well, if, if they're assuming a restaurant would go in there, that's another thing we're checking. But that mm-hmm. that would require some off-site parking. Well, residential must be provided on-site. Okay. But we actually have plans for that. See, there's other opportunities down there as well that we might be able to improve public parking out there if we start once we start having an understanding of what we're working with. Okay. It, it sounds like a argument. I just, I philosophically, I think no, I it's going in the it's, it's direction the, that it's I, a, I think it's is backwards. It's a discussion to have I mean, yeah. because we, we've worked on this for a long time. We want to make sure we get it right. So this is this is going in the mindset of a developer, which is, you're right. It's it's counterintuitive from from a municipal standpoint to look at it that way, but if you look at it from a developer, we have the town has an asset. Mm-hmm. They want to develop it. They want to dispose of it. They want to develop it, but they want to make sure that through the municipal conversion permit process 
that the right development is put there. And this helps you do that. And that would be something you would have in hand once the right project comes along. Mm -hmm. so let me ask a hypothetical mm -hmm. question. If this study comes back and it says, like you had said, the number of 10 units is perfect for it, and, and Doc decides he wants to buy it for 500 grand, but he wants to put 27 units, are we going to deny him the municipal conversion? Mm -hmm. So what's the benefit if the, if the market is going to tell you that? If the market from the private development is going to say, I want 27, your study only said 10, and we say, okay, that's great. So he's, he's going to offer us $500,000, right? He comes in and he says, I want to do 27 units. Okay, show us your market study. That's part of the municipal conversion permit process. Mm -hmm. So then there's going, to, there's going to be some dialogue. He might have He might have a different study. He might have... He might be doing studio apartments to get 27 studio apartments. But he's, he's not going to invest in it unless, I mean, it's his markets. First of all, I, I doubt he's going to show you his market study. That's a private effort. And his market study is going to be what how he finances it and, and what have. So if he has a market study that doesn't make sense, he's not going to develop it. If, you know, or he's going to f I, fall off. I highly doubt that if, if one market study comes back at, at 10 units, he's going to, the developer's going to come back with a market study that's going to say 27 units. They're, they're going to look at the same demographics. They're going to look at the same absorption rates. They're going to look at the same rent comps. It's, it's, it'll be fairly consistent. It might be within, within two or three units of each yeah, other. Say two or three units. So, so if that's the process, what, why, why is the town going through this, spending the 10000 to get to the... Something so, that the so developers say, say he, and I'm, say, I'm, I know you guys have spent a lot of time, and I'm not arguing, but so I just we, don't we, want we, to we've we've actually had these same discussions yeah. at the EDC. So say say Doc comes in and says, "I'm going to give you two hundred fifty thousand dollars for that property. I know it's appraised at at five hundred thousand, whatever it is. I'm going to build fifteen units, and that's what um, that's all I can, I can afford to do. Then you have another guy coming in and says, "All right, I'm going to do I'm going to do twenty units." Okay, I'm going to give you five hundred thousand dollars to do it. All right, which which would you choose? Well, it depends on the way that the proposal is written. So that's why so I was saying I'd rather focus on right do, uh, having the understanding of the density, what the town can support. Well, and that's what this market out. study is going to. That's, this, that's, that's what this market study is going to tell us. It's they're not they're not from what I read in this they're not going to look at the site to see three stories, four stories, bedrooms, number one, two units. Yeah, they are. Not in the, not in the letter that's written, I didn't think. Mm -hmm. yep. For $10,000, it's about 40 to 50 hours worth of work. They're going to do concept designs and come up with number they're, of they're, units. They're not doing designs. They're going to look at, at comp unit sizes, mm -hmm. rents, uh, comparable rents. Um, again, absorption rates, what's on the market, what's new, what's coming on the market, what the competition is, what... Other areas are doing within the catchment area. This is this is pretty standard. Is, it, is that what's going in this right. study? Right. I mean, I don't think they'll be coming out and saying you should do, you know, five units of this and you know this size. But I do think they will give us an idea if the studios are stronger. You know, the mix, the general mix. I don't think they'll design our project, but I do think they'll give us an idea of whether one bedrooms or two bedrooms are more marketable mm -hmm. and what the rents would be and help the town decide. Sort of where they want to guide this, and they'll also give you give you, you know, what what will lease up, how many units with, within this area they think is fairly confident that'll lease up, 
They're not going to say, well, if you have if you have 31 bedroom apartments and two two bedroom apartments, that's what you should do. They're not going to say that. They're going to say they're going to give you a range of what they think um, would be a successful development. I think we're just too far on. So, so, so if we were going to develop the land, I'd say that's a great investment because basically we're doing the market study. But if we're not developing it, it's it's in the wind because we're putting it out and we're going to see what comes back from You're developers. For almost all intents is developing it in the sense that you are the municipal conversion people. You are going to tell the people what to build. I understand that you're not able to dictate to the market, but we're going to have an idea of what the market can bear, yep. and we're going to go for the best we can for the town. So that's what this is doing. You are dictating to the the development community what you want. You're the only town that has this permit. So you're going to, you know, and we've learned a little bit from this. Let's use it and let's give a development that is the best for the community with the best return on investment. And okay. we're not making another misstep where we're putting something out to bid that they're going to say this isn't supported by the market. We'll know that it is. So, okay, so I'm understanding it better. So at the end of this exercise, there's going to be a density that's going to dictate the RFP. So we're going to say here's a piece of property and based on everything you have to put in 17 units well that will help the town decide i don't know that it's going to be an only a money exercise foxborough is very special in that sense of like community character is more than just density so i think it will help the the, the board making the decision sort of <coughs> quantify you know if you go with 15 units what you're giving up i mean i think there would be a decrease in value based on that but that might be okay because the character is important so i think this is a you know is going to help you guys make this decision because it really is going to come up to to this five-member board on yeah. what you want to see out there. Yeah. It'll so help it's you make just, a value decision. It's going to help you decide that because I think it's going to be a, a big discussion. You know, I don't know that people are going to want 27 units, but those that want to see the most return might say, "Yeah, let's go for the bang for the buck." So it's that, mm -hmm. it's Balance. that sort of valuation and trying to figure out what whether it's money or if it's character or it's somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. You know, personally, um, through the chairs, mm -hmm. I, <clears throat> you know, for someone who has absolutely. <laughs> Uh, no idea uh, about the process. This is a learning experience for me, short of you know what we, I've read in the paper over the last few years. Um, I kind of like having that, the idea of having that in my back pocket, making that decision uh, six, 12, or 18 months from now. Um, I, I, I think it is going to be important, especially if maybe we do get eight bids. You know, to try to compare those eight bids to what our advisor, uh, and then come up with a game plan as we discuss it. So, you know, after listening to the conversation, I understand what you're saying too, Jim, but um, I like the idea. For someone like me, who's going to be able to now compare it uh, to other, other, to those bids that are coming in. Right. Yeah, well, I think actually... Having having this writing the RFP with this information, then we're not leading anybody down a path that may or may not have happened before. So, as long as everybody's going into it knowing exactly what the town minimum requirements are, or however you want to word it. Um, one other question: How much to date have we spent on this property trying to get rid of it? Does anybody know that number? We've really done. We did the survey. Survey was seven thousand, but I don't know what from the auction. You know, prior no. to that, we've only spent about seven thousand on that survey. How much did uh, that auction cost us? I don't know, know what. The, twenty thousand. About twenty thousand dollars. So we've already got a good chunk of money into this property. 30, well, this would be thirty, about less than forty thousand. 
interesting thing about the survey is we picked up 2,500 square feet mm. per floor. So actually picked up almost 6,000 square feet of, of rentable space. space. So, so that, was, that was well worth it. Well presented. I appreciate it. It comes full circle at the end because how much have we spent? How much time have we gone by? And never, you know, 10, 20 years of no taxes coming in on it, mm -hmm. maintenance. Yeah. Yeah, granted, the DPW uses it a little bit for storage in the winter, but it's been a drain financially a little bit, time-wise. All your groups going through this, the RFP process. I just want to make sure the next step, we're not saying, well, you know, we've been making mistake, mistakes all the way. This, you know, I want to get the most bang for the buck and just nail it this time and not come back with more studies, you know. I just, we want to get it out there. Now with the Orpheum, you know, taking off, it's, it's yeah. time yeah. is of the essence, yeah. you know. So I'm hoping by around, by the beginning though. of next year, we can start, you know, our next step and strategy of disposing of it because it's and the it sewer will be, be in place. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, we're ready, almost there. Ready to go. So all these things are starting to complement this whole situation. So now's the time where the momentum is hot. Let's let's try and get as much done as we so can. So the, the interesting thing is, the same discussion we had here yeah. was almost identical to the I can imagine. to the, to the discussion yeah. at, at the EDC. So it was good. It was good. Right. Okay. Uh, Doc, can I have a motion? Yeah, move to uh, approve. Or authorize the use of funds for the uh, market analysis. A second. Which well, made seconded twice. Uh, any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good luck. Thank, thank you. Thank you for holding on to your bricks. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I kept mine behind me, so I'm not tempted. That's right, yeah. <laughs> that could be dangerous. Yeah, I'm bringing bricks to me. I know. trust this group. That's right. So. Like I said, um, we're going to postpone the presentation by the Board of Assess uh, Assessors uh, to a future. Randy extends his apologies yeah. to everyone, but he sounded terrible, unfortunately, on the phone. So, so let's yeah. take uh, yeah. Beth Whirling uh, from the craft group. Swirling, Planning and Construction Manager with the Craft Group, and this is John Cattell. John Cattell, JKS. How's everybody doing? This is one of those unusual requests that doesn't always come up to the board. So, um, in, in the case that the, the board is required to grant a permit to do overnight work, so um, that's the reason why Beth is here. This is a project that's going to require some overnight work to be done at the <laughs> at the at the site, and so um, both the police chief and the Building commission, I think, is somehow involved in that decision. Too. But, uh, the, but it still ultimately comes back to the board. From for, your bylaws, right. it indicates that right. it's um, board of selectmen and police chief. But we've we're actually looking at some amendments to the bylaw to see if we can, if that really makes sense. <coughs> but it is what it is right now, so that's why the reason why they're here. Yeah. Okay. No, as Bill said, we're in front of you tonight to obtain an overnight work permit uh, for work associated with the demolition of the existing building K, which is circled in red on that plan. Um, at Patriot Place and construction of a new uh, five-story, 155,000-square-foot mixed-use 
office, medical office building. Um, there'll be retail and restaurant space on the first floor with um, medical and general office on the upper floors. We've recently uh, received site plan approval from the planning board in August and have worked with the fire department to address their safety concerns and are looking to incorporate those into a final plan, which we'll bring before the planning board for endorsement um, next Thursday. Um, so, so that building is the one that's located right adjacent to the current uh, um, Mass General um, Brigham and Women's facility? Correct. So um, it's, it's right, right. <clears throat> so that's the block in like the far corner, Dunkin' Donuts, and then Splitsville's across from it. Mm, further down, next one down. It's, oh, it's okay. the, the old Reebok store was in that one. In that one. Yeah, that's kind of looking north from if yeah. you're inside the stadium, looking north towards Route One. If right. you look at this building here, is where um, Scorpion Bar is. Oh. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And, and across is where the um, uh, the other two restaurants are. Uh, yeah, Bar Louis. Bar -Louis and, um, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and so, and so this is the view from the stadium, so to speak, right? Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, just wanted to point out on the uh, area in here. Uh, now the construction site is on the interior of Patriot Place, and um, residential locations are on the outskirts. Um, removed from where it is interior. I'll let John um, review our So timeline. we're, uh, you know, first step obviously is clearing the site of the existing structure. So we're looking to get started as early as uh, right now. The plan is to start this Sunday, the 24th. Uh, the duration of the core and shell project, which is all the exterior work that, that affects the, the traffic flow and the ongoing operations of Patriot Place, which requires this. Um, you know, off hours work, basically gets us through October 31st of 2018. So just over a year to get um, the building demolished and the new structure up and skinned in tight to the weather. Uh, that's a portion of work that we're doing as of right now. And then, you know, a following project would do the interior fit out. Um, so we have multiple phases along the way, all of which any, you know, throughout that entire duration is going to be times when we're going to have to go off hours, much to the dismay of, uh, of our guys maybe, but, you know, just something that has to be done. Obviously very congested. We're restricting traffic flow as it is just with our perimeter of the site uh, for, for our safety and the safety of the pedestrians, so it's going to be even tighter as we move forward. So um, hoping, uh, hoping that everybody is open to that option of nighttime work. So right now our shift would be uh, Sunday through Thursday to avoid the Friday, Saturday night crowds associated with Patriot Place at 11 o'clock at night till 7 o'clock in the morning. And of course, we'll be working a normal day shift Monday through Friday. So overnight is going to take place uh, straight through demo through the, through the creation of the exterior envelope? Um, it will not be a continuous shift um, but there are certainly steps along the way that would have us every step for for example we have street and utility connections both at the beginning and at the end demolition obviously that's just kind of a noisy operation steel erection more for traffic flow getting the bigger trucks in and out um, and then of course we have that connector bridge 
which gets towards the tail end, which obviously we have to shut down all traffic in order to do that. Um, and then finishing that has to happen at night because we're, you know, we're right there in front of the main entrance of the existing medical office building. Mm -hmm. Questions from the board? I mean, I probably live the closest in anticipation of a horror show when they were constructing this. There's, I can't imagine any impact that any of the neighbors are going to see from this. Yeah. Um, I, I think <coughs> any way we can help you to expedite it. But, uh, you know, I'm assuming that public safety and planning board and all that steps have been met. I, mm -hmm. I, I just don't see any impact. That The only thing that I would suggest is if this sets precedence for other construction jobs, which may impact neighbors, you know, to think of that. But on this one, I, I don't see any issues. Yeah, this is rather unique in and of itself. It's also very uh, insulated being yeah. in the middle there. <laughs> you know, buff uh, it down any noise. And yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm actually quite pleased to see the morphing of the of the development. So they decided to change with the times. Yeah. Because yeah. the need is, is coming, it's, it's evolving. Moving a little bit away from retail. Moving away from the retail towards, into, uh, into this kind of a, a use, which I think is really reflective of where the market is. Yeah, so yeah it's, a, it's a really nice-looking building, I think, yeah. at the end of the day, a nice addition up there. Mm -hmm. and it sort of it reemphasizes the need that I think you're seeing in the region a greater emphasis on, on bringing medical out to this area and taking out of Boston because it's it's becoming uh, more connected to the, to the actual... Um, needed here in, in, in this in this area and the and the, uh, and the residents out here. So it's great to see that. Okay. Just one other question doesn't have no bearing on it. The bottom floor of that is going to go back to being retail. It'll be um, the new building will have a mix of um, retail and restaurant uses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think there's one chunk for yep. interior offices yep. as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, yes. So the, the retail and restaurant uses will face um, Route One. And then in the back, there's a space for some um, office. Now, what's good about that is the fact that the people that will work there will use those spaces. Mm. So it's a, it's like built it's a built-in market mm -hmm. right into the mm -hmm. building. That's great. Yeah. Great Exciting. concept. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't have to worry about parking. That's yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Yeah. Great. Okay. There's no more questions. Uh, can I have a motion? Uh, yeah, move to approve uh, overnight construction work at Patriot's Place. Second. Motion made, second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good luck. Thank you. Make sure you save us a brick, will you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently we're collecting these lately. <laughs> those actually are probably newer bricks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little one. Uh... Special town meeting update. You want to provide that? Uh, sure. You should have in your board docs the uh, current spreadsheet. Um, it's uh, right now. It says updated nine nineteen. It's showing twelve articles. Um, there are some potential other articles being discussed that aren't shown on here. Um, just not certain yet from departments where. Um, with whether there's enough time or whatever. Um, but going through what you have on your um, on your sheet, Article 1 is um, budget ad adjustments for um, town common fence repair costs and public safety staffing study, two budget articles 
and one. Um, Article number two, uh, the municipal charges lien. It's a statute acceptance um, that I believe is that the municipal modernization one. Yeah. Um, the third one is fire contract. We're currently in negotiations with an eye towards you know having some really strong information to you in the by the next meeting. Um, we're in discussions with the group, uh, and it's going well right now. Um, article number four is for the steelworkers contract. Uh, we have two groups, A and B. Um, we're making progress on, on that as well. Um, it's a two-part process, coming up with a compensation plan and then actually bargaining a successor contract. So um, we continue to make pro progress on that, and we'll keep you posted. The charter school reimbursement, um, that was, if you recall, uh, a letter that we received from Lowell, um, I believe that is, you know, it's a not, the timing on that isn't certain, but we sent a letter of support regarding charter school reimbursement, so we're holding that, um, that article as we continue to get you more information. Right. Um, the board expressed, you know, their, your own support for, for your own legislation on that. Right. Um, the next one is the street acceptance from the planning department of Annette Road. Uh, a zoning article uh, put forward by the zoning board on uh, prohibiting undesirable uses in the downtown. Um, I don't have the, the text on that yet. Um, number eight is appropriating funds from the Affordable Housing Trust Fund to be used uh, by the Housing Authority on Walnut Street Project. There will be more specifics on that after next week. That's, again, after the Thursday night planning board meeting, we'll have more information. Um, Item number nine is something that came up at our recent Fox Cares meeting. Uh, it's the acceptance of Chapter 33B. Uh, we realized that the town never accepted the 10 a.m. Sunday service of alcohol for um, establishments, and in order for you to grant an early opening, this even includes things like Mother's Day brunch, stuff like that, um, the town would need to uh, adopt this. So uh, that's on there for that reason. Um, Article 10 um, and 11 are stormwater. It should say stormwater A and stormwater B. Um, town Council will be drafting those. I believe those are in conjunction with the MS4 permitting unfunded mandate process. Um, and we're awaiting text on that again. And number 12 is um, a marijuana zoning modification required by the Attorney General. That's been advised that the town adopt zoning on on that um, so some additional things that you may you may see there could be a land swap for um, a parcel of land by um, the station one water um, land there's a small strip of land that um, we may look to do a, a land swap on uh, Roger Hill will have more information on that um, the item that came before you tonight was an item of discussion at our recent operations meeting, um, the hours of work. Uh, right now it's a board of selectmen and police chief vote. I think the police chief piece is because of the noise ordinance. Um, the police chief and town manager and building commissioner were talking about we want to see maybe some um, a switch in who approves it. Police chief thinks it should be building commissioner. So maybe looking, exploring that language may or not be ready for the for this list of Warren articles. Um, 
Right now, Caitlin is working with Chief Baker on the hawker peddler language. Uh, right now, a number of our bylaws actually mention that license, and we do issue that license. So it's clarifying um, having bylaw language with regard to that. Did I explain that correctly? Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, another thing that came up that may not be ready for town um, meeting is having a drone ordinance with the popularity of drones uh, we want to talk to uh, public safety and zoning and um, building about the idea of maybe drafting some sort of a, a drone ordinance but right now it looks like anywhere up to 16 articles could be potential and as you know <clears throat> based on your opinion and what we're ready to present as well so a few things may drop off On the sheet, do we have uh, <coughs> the date when we have to close by? Since yes, 10-3. 10 October 3rd, yeah. So we basically have one more meeting. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of information to come in one more meeting. Well, I'll just close the warrant. I mean, then you can start looking yeah. at the individual yeah, You can still drop them off after that. We just can't accept anything new after that date. If anybody wants to submit something in the public, anything like that, that's that's that would be their closure right. point too. And if the four that I mentioned get close to real, we'll put them on for next time. But otherwise, they'll just drop to the bottom for the annual town meeting. So, were there any questions on any of those? Yeah, number twelve. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the town voted to prohibit. We still have to do the zoning modification? I think it, a recent advisory came out from the Attorney General's office saying that there should be a clarification on adoption of a, a zoning piece on that. So um, even though we voted it down, there should still be an area that um, that is zoned or not zoned for that. There was one another article too that um, that Jenny had brought to our attention about having uh, not allowing the public use of marijuana yeah. on public in public places. Mm -hmm. yep. um, so we may want to we want to that add that one as well. That, that one needs to be included. That could be included in this. I'm not sure about the language on this. Um, I think we had just a line from legal counsel on it, but we'll have we're starting to collect the text on all of these okay. so we can explain them uh, next time when they get real. Do you have anything else that you were thinking of including? What did that happen to the guy down at Job Lot Bradley's Plaza that wanted the liquor license? Oh, hops and grapes. Yeah, yeah he, he, we've he never didn't want to fight. Yeah, he didn't want to. He says, "Okay, I mean, he, I'll, I'll bide my time." Yeah. I'm probably going to wait and I'll wait and see. Hmm. I've not heard anything in a while, so. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So that's where we're at. Hmm. Good. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, selectman's update. Uh, we just have a couple things. Um, the uh, veteran services uh, did another another great job on Saturday with the remembrance for POW MIA. Um, 
the 24-hour vigil and the ceremony afterwards. It's um, it's one of those things where you don't know really whether to celebrate the you know the families and you know the the people that that persevere through all this or or is it, is it solemn? It's it's one of those you know you want to be thankful. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't want to be too down. You want to be upbeat, and so it's. I always struggle with that one. Yeah, it's a you know, it's a real conflict of emotions. Yeah, it, it's one of those things <clears throat> where um, you don't you don't know how to really respond to them because you don't know what they've been through, what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want them to know that you know you're behind them a hundred percent. Never mm-hmm. forget being mm-hmm. there is, mm-hmm. is <clears throat> the way. But you know, Mike. Um, did a great job as always. Mm-hmm. So um, that was good. Um, I was fortunate to participate in the uh, the Ponte Valley Walk to End Alzheimer's on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Took took part in the opening ceremonies, which was pretty cool. Excellent. Um, it's great turnout. They had between three and four thousand people there. Um, another you know horrible disease that you know just. If you know anybody that's been been afflicted with it, it's mm. it's terrible. Very debilitating. So another another great a great cause going on. People walking and you know um, one of the, one of the speakers um, in the opening ceremony is 55 years old, has early onset Alzheimer's. Um, pretty impressive guy. So um, that was, that was that was a great day. Um, nice day for it too. Oh, it was a beautiful day, beautiful day, and you know, craft group did a great job as always. Um, but you know, it was it was very well attended. Mm-hmm. So that's all I have. Anybody have anything else? Bruce, how was McGinty? Day? Yeah, McGinty Day was really good. Mm-hmm. Good uh, turnout weather. Thirteen years in a row, Mike McGinty has never had it rain on us. <laughs> so uh, we had uh, about five hundred people. That registered, um, so it was good. It's great. And we had the day at the uh, <clears throat> at the nine eleven Remembrance Day at the uh, at the at the monument as well. Yeah, public safety did a great yep. job. Of that. Nice job with that. Yep. <clears throat> Thank you to all the poll workers that are wrapping <laughs> up now in five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> oh, that, <clears throat> that reminds me. Everybody who voted, thank you. Um, Everybody that didn't have time or, <coughs> or forgot about it, you know, mm-hmm. what, what can you say? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have an opportunity to 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 vote whether you're Republic, Democrat, unenrolled, independent. You have the power to vote. You have the power to express your voice. Take advantage of it, because in the end, if you don't like what's going on, you can't complain about it if you don't vote. So. I'm off my, my vote. No, vote. I mean, <laughs> you know, you think it's a state-type level election, but how many times have we interacted with the state senator or the House of Representatives that they're in front of the selectmen all the time, and, and it's an important position. So They're, they're the town's conduit to yeah. Beacon Hill. So. Without question. You're up. All right. Um, so some good news to report. Um on the heels of receiving a uh, $750,000 grant from the federal government, we are pleased to report that we received 
another $1.5 million grant for the region for the, uh, for the new um, SEMREC, uh, Southeastern Massachusetts Regional uh, Communications Center. Uh, on behalf of the uh, the, the mass um, the, the Department of Public Safety for uh, the state of Massachusetts, so we're very very pleased that we've been working with the towns of of uh, Mansfield, with the town of Foxborough, the town of Norton, and the town of Easton, working collectively on this effort to kind of pull this together for a while, long time. This board, along with the other three boards in the region, uh, supported this process unanimously. Um, uh, just to be clear, we received the $1.5 million grant. Our original request was for $5 million, but it's, but it's, it's going to be a process over several years to do this. Uh, we don't really need all the $5 million up front right now because it's, there's several phases of this that we're going to go through. But it is actually right on time with what we're expecting to do. So um, we're moving ahead with that process uh, rather expeditiously. Uh, we just were notified Friday. I've already spoken with um, State 911 a couple times. They reached out to me with an advised with a contract today for the, for the money. So we're going to be moving moving pretty pretty quickly on this process. The uh, the, the the interviews for the executive director are, are going to be this Friday. Mm -hmm. So we're um, very hopeful that we we have a ter terrific candidate that we can present uh, to take over this effort. So. That we can all <laughs> take a step back a little bit, but you know, still be involved, but let the director sort of help will gu help guide the director through the process. And um, so we're very excited about about this opportunity. Is the rest of that grant guaranteed that we will get it, or well, here's what here's what they told me directly yesterday at State 901. They said every one of the, the communities that we've 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 started with and supported, have, we've carried them through all the way through the process. So we've not we've never stopped in that process. So. So when they said to me that we're making a $1.5 million grant, which is probably one of the biggest ones they've ever given right off the bat, they basically said, we're going to be with you to the end of this. So um, the, the answer is there's no guarantees in life, sure. but what their, their track record has shown is that they've actually fulfilled that. Now, the difference in this funding cycle is that this is not funding that's coming from the state budget. This is money that comes from it's, it's just comes right off the, the cell phone charge that you get. So there's a, a directed revenue stream into this program. So we have the money available and it's not directed anywhere else but this program. So it's a good it's a good sign. So we're very uh, optimistic about where we where we are and I think uh, what we got is pretty much where we predicted where we we're gonna be. So I'm, I'm, um, actually I think we got a little bit more than what I thought we were gonna get originally. So I was actually pleased to see that. It's a lot of a lot of work that you guys did on that. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a, been a great effort by everybody. Um, some just a follow up on one of the programs that the board supported and, and the town went forward on was the Foxboro Power Ford program that was the electric aggregation uh, program that we started um, several months ago and the updated um, program report that we got from 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 March through June shows that um, the total electricity for all aggregation participants was eleven million two hundred and seventy eight kilowatt hours that have been that have been generated through the program. Current participation as of 6:30:17. Now this is these are there's about 6,000 households in town. We have 5,314 people participating in the program. Mm, great. So that's it's really it's good. And so the opt-out rate at the program launch is seven percent, which is actually um, a little bit lower than the than the average, which is close to about ten percent. Um, the residual residential use and participation is 4,000. 766 and the uh, total residential use 
is kilowatt hours. Average monthly residential use is 571 kilowatt hours. Non-residential use is 548, and commercial is 522, and industrial is 26. So total non-residential use is 3 million uh, kilowatt hours. Commercial is 1.8 million, and uh, industrial is 1.2. So the Power Forward Green participation, unfortunately, has only had three people uh, participate in it. So you have a green option when you can go into this, so you strictly, you know, solar or it could be wind, uh, wind, wind production. And it's, uh, they're not even, people, the people just haven't been chosen. Maybe just they don't know about enough, and so it needs probably needs a little more advertising, but there's only three people that have, that have uh, gone through that. It actually turns out that this is a really good time for people to be involved in the program because the rates are starting to climb. And we're guaranteed, our rates are guaranteed until uh, October of 2018. Yeah, so, the, the so folks on uh, basic service are going to start getting their winter rates. Right. Uh, I think uh, October. Right. So if if you haven't if you if you're coming off contract, this is a really good option for you right now because that rate is still a pretty good rate. Mm -hmm. So um, one other thing I wanted to bring to the board's attention was that um, that Paige uh, Duncan has uh, worked with me and a few other folks to try and we'll come up with a. Uh, a regional grant opportunity that might come through the uh, for the, the tourism, um, <clears throat> the economic development um, fund for the uh, for the gaming commission, and uh, it turns out there's several million dollars available for regional economic development uh, based on the, on that that program, and um, not many people have applied. So Paige came up with it, came up with an idea of, of creating a, a regional tourism uh, program that would help. Uh, if you take a look at the three points of of Patriot Place, uh, with the with the, uh, the gaming uh, facility in Plainville, as well as the uh, the um, Rentham Village outlets, you've got a, a really a nice triangle of, of participation there, which would create looking to create possibly a bus that would connect all three sites, uh, and then possibly draw more people into the into the region that would stay more than just a day, maybe stay two days, and help uh, help help the regional economy in that in that way. So. The Boston uh, um, Bureau of Tourism actually thought it was a great idea, so they thought that it would be a good thing for us to participate, uh, to pursue it. We have um, submitted an application. We're going to wait and see what happens. But they, the, the, re the reaction from everyone who's, who's looked at it said this was a great idea. So we'll wait and see. We may get some, we may get some real money for that. Um, one thing that uh, hasn't gone forward, it won't, won't go forward in 2018, was a Tough mutter project. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, unfortunately uh, received news that um, we couldn't coordinate a date that worked in, uh, in, in June of 2018 with, uh, with Gillette. There's a number of different conflicts with their schedules, so we couldn't make that work for next year. Uh, we're still having conversations about possibility of 2019, uh, but they are going to be having an event in Massachusetts just the same, and so they've, they've moved to Charlton for next year. Uh, there's a new course that's being developed out there for for 2018, and uh, see, we'll see if that if, how successful that is. They've still expressed an interest in coming here, so we'll still see what happens and see if, if that's a possibility or not. Um, some difficult news to, to report to you, but our, 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 our executive assistant, uh, Marshall Mondo, has decided to to move on. Um, 
we're all very sad to see that happen because she's been a terrific asset to us all, and uh, she is uh, taking on a position at uh, Stonehill College. So we really wish her nothing but the best. It's a great opportunity for her, um, one that she's been connected to that that college for quite some time, and we're very very happy for her, but very sad, very sad for us. Mm-hmm. So we. We wish her nothing but the best. So Mary Beth will tell you, tell you a little bit about where we are and how we're trying to close the gap on that situation during the, during the transitional phase. And, uh, and that we're, we're looking at uh, how we can evaluate the position even further, even though it's only been a couple of years, about three years, I think, since we filled that mm-hmm. position. So, again, sorry to see her go, but we are very grateful for all her service. Um, Town Hall final demolition has uh, has steps of being being done. They should be done this week in terms of all the demolition on the site. We're going to start grading the site as early as next week. Um, Audiovisual uh, tools in the building have been added this week to the t- new town hall, and uh, so we're getting final getting close to the final day, and we'll be moving into there permanently with the, with meetings, etc. Um, in um, one other thing that uh, the police chief and myself have been working on um, with the mass managers that we're doing a, a presentation uh, later next week on Thursday up at Fort Devens, the mass managers and the, and the police chiefs are doing a joint meeting on the topic of civil rights and race relations in the police department. Obviously a very, very challenging issue for every city and town in Massachusetts and across the country to deal with. Uh, the chief has got a lot of background and, and experience in this area, and so He's going to be giving a presentation along with uh, we're going to have a, 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 a sort of a discussion and debate among cities and towns as to what we can do to improve that, that situation through, you know, through each one of our cities and towns. It's, not, it's something that it doesn't affect everybody, every one of us directly, but indirectly, and you never know when, it could, when the issue could evolve and, and pop up in your community. So we want to be ahead of the curve and try to address it. And then finally, um, there's been some discussion um, about the possibility of creating a, a volunteer space uh, in and around the, the town hall. And, um, and this is something that I, I've talked with Jim about this, and, and I'm going to have Jim speak, say, speak to a little bit. But we have, and this issue came up um, during, during the past year or so when the passing of Neil Forrester, who was, as we know, was a, was a terrific contributor to this community and a volunteer status. And, um, and we thought this, there should be a way that which we can we can celebrate the the service and the commitment that folks have as volunteers to help make this community work. And what better way to to start doing that by having something located in and around the, the new town hall space that we have uh, just created? And this is a beautiful space that people in the community really think it's is really well done. And uh, we get a lot of compliments from from people outside the community about it. And so we thought we'd be nice if we could somehow create a space that would help, uh, that will dedicate some um, some space for the for the, the volunteerism that people have given back to this community, and so I'd give back to them a little bit. So I'll turn it over to Jim if you want to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, not not too much detail at this Listen, time, but right. I mean you summed it up well. It was an idea that you know uh, we we built this mm-hmm. nice town hall and the workers mm-hmm. are in it, but it's it's a nice way to say thank you back to. The volunteers, the, the committees, the individuals, mm-hmm. and it's not the recent ones; it's generations. Generations, that have right? Spent, you know, their time and resources to mm-hmm. do things in town. So, right now, um, we're looking at maybe an outside sitting area where there's mm-hmm. a, a place where you can meet, whether the town hall is open or not. Mm-hmm. 
that you go there, you get some inspiration, uh, you get some awareness of all the different people or groups that have worked in town. And, you know, I, I, we don't want to tax the volunteers to say contributors to this. We're hoping the town right. will figure out a way to make it work. Right. I'll reach out, and if there's anyone interested in coming with ideas, I've got a few. Mm -hmm. Some people have come. Um, you know, maybe a, a little piece of art, a sitting area, a, a type of tree or something that mm -hmm. you can sit there and then read about the volunteers or the people um, and, you know, share ideas and share resources and keep it going. So, uh, right. you know, Foxborough is such a I – mean, I don't know any sector that doesn't have committees or groups or friends of that just keeps this going, um, which saves, you know, tremendous tax dollars and, and keeps fresh ideas. Right. So that's what we're trying to accomplish. We don't know what yet, but we're thinking maybe – by the time that there's a ribbon cutting at the town mm -hmm. hall when we finish the parking lot and open it up, mm -hmm. there's at least a concept or a design board that we can put together that says this is the next step and this is where it's going to be. So uh, if you guys yeah. have ideas or if anyone that w from home that wants to give ideas, let me know and we'll work it in. It's, uh, it's strictly a concept at this time, but we think it's an opportunity to sort of give back to, the, to the, all the work that people people offer to the community. Yeah. All right. Thank you. So, okay. That's all I have. Okay. I just have mm -hmm. a few updates. Um, as Bill said, we're interviewing um, the SEMREC Executive Director final round uh, this Friday. We've kept the process going um, while we awaited the grant, and uh, I'm glad that we did because now the timing will work out. Um, we'll keep you posted on, on what happens with that. Um, we didn't expect to have to work on the executive assistant job posting. Um, we were fortunate that um, Marsha gave us uh, about almost three weeks. So last week we worked on getting a temporary person in to um, pop in and just sort of do the mind transfer from Marsha over the next two weeks. Uh, we'll bring her to a future meeting for you to meet. Her name is Lisa Plant. She's a military veteran. Um, recently relocated from Bourne, where she worked at Otis. Uh, she was she did four years of active duty, I believe. She was stationed in Alaska mm -hmm. for part of it, and then mm -hmm. she worked at Otis most recently. She has worked in municipal government, and um, she's worked in Board of Health inspections, and she's been a volunteer VSO, uh, Veteran Services Officer in Franklin, where she now lives. So um, has good executive support. Uh, yeah, great resume. Um, she was available, so she popped in today, and I think we're going to have her be there for you know until we get the job posted and figured out. Like we do with every time we have a vacancy, we try to take a step back and look at the position and see. You know, we look at think about our compensation strategy. We think about how the job or or the you know the town has changed. So we're really taking of the rest of the week to look at this posting and think about how we want to proceed. You know, we have the compensation strategy that we've talked to you about, making sure we have market equity, internal equity, but we also want to make sure, if, you know, we want to keep things affordable as well. So um, we're looking at that posting, looking at the um, pieces of it, and we'll, we'll be posting that shortly. But lucky for us, we found a temporary person who's very qualified to, to step in. Um, and it's always good when someone's a veteran as well. So um, We posted today, um, as a result of our good fortune with the SAFER grant, we posted the four firefighter paramedic positions mm -hmm. that the board mm -hmm. recently approved. So for all of you aspiring firefighter paramedics out there, um, that job posting went up today. Um, 
we have a lot of interviews underway right now. We had some internal, we had a retirement at DPW for a me mechanic supervisor, and um, one of the mechanics, we promoted one of the mechanics into it, so now we're interviewing for his replacement. We had a change in Board of Health, um, so now we are, um, we filled the position internally, so now we're filling a sanitarian uh, assistant health agent position. Uh, working with the building department on a part-time 10-hour position that they have posted to um, to work in their department, working on that as well. So there's a lot of things going on, a lot of things um, happening with regard to that, and we are in active contract negotiations, again, with fire and steel workers to the idea that we'd like to get you a document by the time um, in preparation. Well. And, and now and we're police. actively involved in, well... We're, we're working on police uh, proposals mm. right now. Um, just want to report, um, as the chair of the Mass Municipal Personnel Association, I think I've mentioned that, um, I'm the chair. We held our first ever two-day conference this year with um, 80 HR, municipal HR town administrators attending. Uh, we had a waiting list of 30 people, and uh, we had some of the uh, great legal minds presenting at it. It was a great success, and um, I was pleased that uh, we could we could launch it, and um, a lot of communities benefited from it. was a very inexpensive way to do two days of HR training, so I was pleased with that. Um, and just want to mention for employees and retirees out there, our health fair is taking place on September 28th. Um, employees will, there are with tons of vendors. We have all of our retirement and benefit plans there. It's going to be at the Ahern Middle School from 11 to 4. It's a great event every year, and um, you learn about benefit options. You can get a flu shot, all kinds of stuff. So just wanted to um, announce that. But that's all that I have. Great. You would think one of the, one of the some of the more difficult jobs to fill? Mechanics. Just not out there. Sense. Say that again. Mechanics. Oh, yeah. mechanics yeah. for garages. You just can't. You can't find them. I mean, we fortunate. We did get what, about ten people. Uh, we know we had twenty-six applicants. 26? Okay. We're going to meet two tomorrow. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of them. One drop. You get a lot today. of people that aren't quite qualified, but mm. to, to find a good qualified mechanic is, is not is not an easy. Well, they work on buses. They work on the big diesel yeah. engines, yeah. but then they also need how to you know, how to do the. Sidewalk plows, and you know, it has to be really kind of jack of all trades. And, yeah, and now, with yeah. all the technology, that's yeah. a whole new training. So, it's a whole different set of yeah, skills. It's really um, complicated <coughs> to recruit that position. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was going to be like that, to be honest with you. But it was kind of surprised me, but it, it you, really um, is difficult. Do you reach out to places like New England Tech? Yeah, yeah we do. We actually, mm -hmm. you know, really. Um, we went to the technical schools. We went to Norwood, uh, the, the unemployment center that has, you know, the <coughs> educational board. We we really spread it out um, this time. We did it on some of the public works sites as well. But, um, you know, in contrast to where we get a couple of hundred for our openings, we got 26 for this one. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll find the right mm -hmm. candidate. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. Action items. Okay, uh, move to approve uh, a 5K road race for the Sage School uh, starting and ending at 171 Mechanic Street on Saturday, May 5th from uh, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye.
move to accept an early liquor license request for Bar Louie of 11 a.m. on New England Patriots Sunday home games of uh, 924, 10 1, 10 29, 11 26, 12 24, and 1231. Second. Motion made, second. Any further discussion? None. All those in favor? Right. right. Uh, move to uh, approve. Uh, early liquor license request for big night venues, uh, DBA, Scorpion Bar, and Mexican Cantina uh, of 11 a.m. on New England Patriots Sunday home games of 924, 10-1, 10-29, 11-16, 12-24, and 12-31-17. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Uh, just under, I think it's posted as 11-16, but it should be 11-26. I think the letter is correct. Yeah. Oh, it does have it on yeah, the other yeah, uh, yeah. other two. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, yeah. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Uh, move to accept an early liquor license request for the Olive Garden of 11 a.m. on New England Patriots Sunday home games of 924, 10-1, 10-29, 11-26, 12-24, and 12-31-17. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. And through the chair, just quick. If, so, one of the articles that you've noticed we cannot approve liquor licenses earlier than 10? Mm -hmm. It has to be 11. Has to you be 11. 11 is the earliest we can do it. 11 is the earliest you can do it until you adopt that. Until you, you, you fix the. You fix the we can adopt a, a bylaw that allow, or a statute that allows us to go open yeah, it. The state has 10. a statute, we just never, we found out we never adopted it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if if we adopt that statute, all these it just gives you the option to approve it. They okay. still have so to come and ask permission, but now they'll be saying ten okay. instead of eleven if it were an event that warranted it. Okay, so we still have to approve early opening. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. <coughs> Move to approve a one-day wine and malt beverage license for the Boyden Library uh, for the Spinny Speaker Series presents. Uh, Nathalia Holt on September 28, 2017, from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Move to approve a one-day wine and malt beverage license for Normandy Farms Campground LLC for a food truck festival on 11-4-2017, from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. My wife works at Normandy Farms. So you're out. So. <laughs> I'll second it. <laughs> <laughs> Motion made, second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. I'm going to recuse myself. Okay. One recusal. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, move to accept a gift donation of a signed New England Patriots picture for the town hall from the craft group. I knew I was going to forget to bring it. I, I carried the brick, the so bring. I I'll bring it the next <laughs> meeting, all right? Sorry about that. Motion made, second. Any further discussion? It's phenomenal if you haven't seen it Yeah, yet. it's really nice. Okay. They did a really nice, just beautiful. Seen, uh, all those in favor? Aye. 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 We're, we're going to hang it in the town hall. It's it, in, it's, it, in one of the conference rooms. Of the football, of the Super Bowl. So it's Brady, White. Who are the other two? Brady, White, Adam. Edelman and oh Edelman's catch and, and, and uh, high towers high tower, yeah. strip sack. Yeah. Um, move to accept a gift donation in the amount of fifty dollars to veteran services from uh, Janet Zongetti from the 
uh, for the Iraq and Afghanistan War Memorial. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Move to accept a gift donation in the amount of $150 to the Council on Aging for half of history lecture with Paolo from the Friends of Foxborough Seniors. Second. Made second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Move to approve the Rodman Ride for Kids, a nonprofit cycling event on 9-23-17 from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Uh, we'll do them one at a time. Move to approve the 827 uh, 822-17 Board of Selectmen's minutes. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. I'm going to recuse myself for that one. You, you want to I wasn't at yeah. that meeting. I'm not the at the next one. meeting either. So. Move to approve the 9-14-17 Board of Selectmen minutes. There's only two of us that were there. Jeannie wasn't here. Should we wait on this? We just wait on it. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> That's it. Nope. Best shops. TBA. Oh, I'm sorry. I was reading off the. Is uh, that a late uh, entry? Yeah, late entry. Easy for me to read off. Late entry. Yeah. Sorry about that. Let me bring it down. Okay, here we go. Uh, move to accept an early liquor license request uh, to Bass Pro Shops DVA the Bluefin Lounge of an 11 a.m. on New England Patriots Sunday home games of 924, 10 1, 10 29, 11 26, 12 24, and 12 31 17. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all's in favor? Aye. Aye. <coughs> Anything else? No. Nope. Nope. Move to adjourn. Second. All those in favor? Thank you. Good night, everyone.